Hello and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games with snapshots of other pop culture. I'm Doug. I'm Katie. And today's book club episode is a sequel book club episode. In June of this year, we read Lev A.C. Rosen's Lavender House. And this month, we read The Bell on the Fog, Rosen's second book in the Andy Mills Queer Private Eye series. Hell yeah. But before we return to the 1950s San Francisco, we got to check in on what we've been playing, watching, and thinking about. So Katie. Yes. What you been playing lately? Yes. I still have been playing... A lot of Baldur's Gate 3. Shocking. <laughs> but, I know. Totally a surprise. <laughs> totally unexpected. Uh, but I also um, started a smaller um, RPG uh, oh. called a Super Mario RPG. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So in November, they released the remake yeah. of the 90s Super Mario RPG. Uh, and it looks like a cleaned up version of it and it's pretty i think faithful to the original like in terms of style uh mario does a lot of like pantomiming pantomime miming is that what pantomiming yeah uh does a lot of that uh which is really (laughs) funny it's i forgot i always knew it was like a delightful game but i forgot how like truly funny and silly it is with these characters who like Oftentimes, we don't get to see a lot of personality. Like when we did our Super Mario Wonder video, we were like, oh my yeah. gosh, they're giving you so much face, right? Like, <laughs> so expressive. Yeah. And they're expressive um, in this game, too, which is really cool to see. So, I've uh, been playing through that, and I got to the frog. I forget if it's called Frog Town. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Uh, where you get to, I loved this as a child, where you could stop the tadpoles and like make music from mm. jumping on them. Yep. Uh, and so I have been making music. Uh, not great music, but I've been making music there. And it's pretty That's fun. Beautiful. It yeah. truly is. Yeah. I've been watching a playthrough of it, and that was the last thing I saw, actually, was oh, the, nice. the tadpole music uh, yeah. task. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I believe was right after the shocking revelation you learn about one of your party members. I know. Totally a surprise. Never would have guessed it from how the character looks. Yeah. You know, it's uh, devastating, truly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, though. I uh, eventually I do want to want to play the remaster one because it looks really nice. Uh, And it's been a while since I played the original one. So yeah, uh, I'm glad that it's good. Yeah. And they did some like quality of life type of things. Good. And like fun new animations. So like when you level up, the other party members do like cute dances and kind of celebrate the person <laughs> that's like leveling up. That's cute. And uh, in battles now, there's kind of so the battle system in Super Mario RPG has timing buttons. Yeah. Uh, which is fun and engaging. And battles usually don't take a whole long time. Uh, so you can up a combo meter and then also up this like I guess it's kind of like a limit gauge type of thing, like from Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, but instead of like unleashing a cool move all the time, it might unleash like a helpful item that absorbs a couple hits or something. Nice. So <laughs> yeah, it's like a fun little roulette type of thing. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. That's yeah, fun. it's just, just fun. <laughs> Element of surprise. Yeah. What have you been playing? I have been playing a whole lot of 
Fortnite festival. <laughs> Whoa! Have you? So much did has you happened? Yeah. Did you Fortnite. catch at all about what happened in Fortnite like a couple weeks ago? Loosely, there was some event, and then they announced there was going to be Lego Fortnite, uh-huh. racing Fortnite, yep. and maybe another Fortnite that I can't remember. Yes. So that other one you can't remember is festival. <laughs> ah, what is festival? So, it's a uh, it's a music game. So basically, Ooh. Fortnite released three new modes of play that are not battle royale and have nothing to do with shooting people, which is fun. Hell yeah! Um, and each one of the three things is kind of like. Partnership isn't quite the right word. Lego is a partnership, but the other two, I think, were acquisitions of other companies by Epic. And so <laughs> they're representative of other games. So the there's the Lego one, and then there's one called Rocket Racing, which is kind of a crossover with Rocket League. And I think there's going to be some integration in some way where you might be able to bring stuff over from Rocket League or something oh, like that. Cool. Um, and the third one is Festival, which is a music game seemingly developed by or in part by harmonics which i think was the company that did rock band mm, um so it's right. yeah so it's a music game with licensed music and it looks just like rock band or guitar hero with the like fret that the notes come down yeah um and uh it's like a game i've been craving for so long and i've been playing <laughs> so much of it i Hell love those yeah. like really simple rhythm games where it's just like hit the hit the notes at the right time yeah are the notes different buttons on the controller or is it all just one button yeah so it's uh it's different buttons on the controller or different buttons on the keyboard i've been playing on my computer because i don't i have played rhythm games on a on a controller but i don't necessarily love it um and so i think it's probably easier on a keyboard i haven't even tried it on the controller with fortnite but uh, i've been using a keyboard that's cool yeah it's good stuff do you have a a favorite song to play right now i'm trying really hard to get a hundred percent on expert mode for the fallout by fallout boy song uh i know what what was i my songs know what you did and whatever that one yeah light them up light them up you know titles yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sure that's my current sort of like i'm gonna get it i know i can do it but i just haven't done it yet (laughs) hell yeah yeah it's cool the songs rotate um basically daily uh oh, like cool. they'll like new ones will kind of rotate in and out each day um you can buy them so that they stick there but like oh i don't need to right. there's, yeah. there's, there's songs every day you know yeah so i've been enjoying it it's good stuff and you can you can play with friends so oh. if anybody out there wants to be in my band <laughs> oh who could that be <laughs> that's so cool i uh yeah. is it free uh yeah damn wild yeah all of them all of them are i think all of them are as free as fortnite is right like you can buy more stuff or you can get like a battle pass to be able to access a little bit more but no i don't think it costs anything yeah and here's an old person kind of question Mm -hmm. do i do i download fortnite or do (laughs) i look for festival fortnite it is all in the game fortnite oh cool yeah it's all in the same application damn fortnite's going after roblox right now they're going after roblox so they're Mm. they've got like go into our one game to play a bazillion games a bunch of games yeah Yeah. so that's i think that's partially where this was all born but i'm not complaining because i got my music game yeah it sounds fun (laughs) yeah yeah 
What uh, yeah. what you been watching? So I haven't been watching a ton because Oop, I am still playing neither. mobile TV. <laughs> Oops. Um, but I did recently watch uh, a movie on Hulu called Quiz Lady. Oh, and I've heard about this. Yes, this is a Sandra O oh and Aquafina led movie mm-hmm. where uh, Sandra O oh plays this older, wild, kind of spontaneous sister. And Aquafina is the younger, more buttoned up, I like my schedule mm-hmm. uh, sister. And unexpected. Uh, I know, role reversal. And yeah. I love it. I, <laughs> I love Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, uh, in pretty much everything she does, uh, but it's really fun to see her play uh, kind of a loose cannon uh, yeah. kind of character. Because <laughs> normally the character she plays, I feel like have at least a decent level of control um, yeah. and like poise, uh, but not this character, which is really fun. <laughs> uh, but the basic premise is. Because of family circumstances, mm-hmm. Sandra O oh comes back into like her their hometown where Aquafina has stayed the whole time, and they need money. And so there's this show that's maybe just called the Quiz Show or something. It's kind of like a ripoff of uh, Jeopardy with Alex okay. Trebek. Will Ferrell plays the Alex Trebek character and it's like oh that's actually perfect sincere yeah it's a very sincere portrayal and you know they have to go on this show and find out how to get on the show in order to win enough money to take care of you know this family situation yeah and it's pretty funny there's also like some like (laughs) touching moments and everything but like i laughed a lot and i don't remember there being any sort of like egregious or offensive like jokes uh, imagine that is, <laughs> i know right wow it's possible Who could believe it yeah <laughs> um it's possible i'm forgetting like something because sure. it's been you know a little bit since i've watched it but yeah nothing is remaining with me <laughs> that's cool i'll have to check that one out um yeah. I, I i need movie recommendations so that's a good one yeah yeah it's it's definitely a good movie it's fun nice yeah. How about you? What have you been watching? Well, I also haven't been watching that much, but I did recently um, start, or I, I picked back up watching episodes of the 13th Doctors series because oh. the three 14th Doctor specials just dropped, and that leads into the 15th Doctor, which is finally the Shooty Gatwa stuff. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm getting prepped to watch the specials and then be ready for uh got was doctor 15th doctor very excited Hell yeah i have not done a lot of doctor who watching stuff i've watched like a couple random episodes here and mm-hmm. there but i've seen pictures of the newest kind of like season and it looks so fucking good and so fucking gay <laughs> and i'm so excited <laughs> i know i'm pumped i'm really curious to see how they characterize his doctor because it seems just from the little bit I've seen and, and you know, you, you can only judge so much by like clips and trailers and stuff like that, which is why it's annoying that people are like, this isn't doctor who shut up. You haven't seen it yet. Um, it like literally is doctor who every, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's 15 different doctors with 15 different personalities. Imagine that. Um, But I'm really excited to see how they characterize his because from the little bit I've seen so far, seems like a, a doctor with like a, a 
big sense of wonder and awe, which is interesting to me because the doctor is like thousands of years old. But, you know, different personalities sort of are like born at different points and in different places. So Mm -hmm. curious to see if that's like a a core piece of his personality or if it's just sort of, you know, early on in his uh, tenure. So the specials are airing now. They're not all out or are they all out? All three of them are out as of this week. But I don't know if it immediately leads into the 15th Doctor or not. Oh, if there's a gap, yeah. And it might not even, might not have a a hard date just yet. But I think it's supposed to be next year. So it's probably pretty soon. Nice. At least that's my hope. Hopefully we don't have to wait too much longer. The whole first season's filmed. So like, come on, bring it on. (laughs) Right, yeah, we're ready. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you've been thinking about or uh, or engaging with? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Baldur's Gate. I live in that yeah. world and that world alone. <laughs> For real. Yep. That's good, though. Honestly, like, I, I would be sad if you weren't still bringing up Baldur's Gate because it means it wasn't like living up to the promise, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. It's like yeah. if I weren't bringing up Pokemon Scarlet like four months later, you know, right, something would have exactly. been wrong. <laughs> yeah, something's off. Yeah. yeah. Um, How about you? Yeah, well, it's the end of the year. So all the end of the year wrap up things are kind of happening. Uh, yeah. Um, and Nintendo's actually just dropped the day that we're recording this. And I think PlayStation's dropped maybe a few days ago or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I believe we've both looked at ours. We have. So I'm curious because i was i was on the call with you when you were looking at one of them and your reactions were very intriguing to me (laughs) yeah because so one of the things that instantly surfaced was oh wow i played a lot of video games Uh and spent a lot of hours uh playing video games yeah so like you saw me open up my switch one and this year on my switch Uh uh-huh I played a total of 38 games Uh for 371 hours. Oh, are you ready to hear mine? (laughs) I am, yes. 39 games for a total of 926 hours. Oh, hell yeah. 600 of which are Pokemon Scarlet. (laughs) Damn, that's amazing. (laughs) Which is like obscene. It's obscene, especially because a DLC is about to drop, which means I'm absolutely going to put in. Yeah. I have to put in 100 more hours to hit four digits. Easy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. This is by far the longest I've played any game ever. It's it's so wild. (laughs) I mean, but I feel like one... I feel like, especially with the point that you're at with Pokemon, yeah, it is a game you play sometimes while you're doing other things. That's very we'll true. We'll be chilling. Um, I don't know. I if play it while I, I'm editing because it's like yeah. a pretty low sort of uh, like where I'm at in Pokemon. I don't really have to engage that much. Right. So it's something like a comfort game, yeah. like a low, <laughs> low focus game. So that makes sense yeah. to me that that is the biggest you know, game of the year. My, on Switch, the one I've spent the most time with was uh, Tears of the Kingdom for nice. 97 hours. Nice. I like that. So on this, yeah, I appreciate that it gives you more specific instead of like more than 90 uh, type of oh thing. Oh my God, for real. Why can't they just do that regularly? I don't know. 
clearly they're capable of it. <laughs> yeah. They ran the report right here. <laughs> yeah, we got the report. Yeah. What else was on your top three? I'm curious. For Nintendo, yeah. at least, since we're, so, since we're on the Switch. Yeah, my second, my number two, was Breath of the Wild, which I played for 50 hours this year because <laughs> last year I, oops, restarted. Uh-huh. Yep, <laughs> so yep. then I wanted to beat that before yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. And my third was Pokemon Sword with 38 hours. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, my other two were Vampire Survivors, which is another one that I can play while oh, I'm nice. editing. Um, and, uh, it was for 61 hours. And then I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to know that Breath of the Wild is my number three, Ooh, uh, for 43 yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected. Yeah, I didn't realize I was, you played it that much. Neither did I. <laughs> it, it was a surprise to me. I was like, and I can't even really look when, because my, like Nintendo Switch has the one where it's like, here's the game you played the most this month. It's literally just Scarlet for 12 straight months. So like, I don't even know when it was that I dumped, you know, 43 hours into Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Wild. Amazing. I'll have to be I'm... better about that next year. <laughs> I mean... More more diverse. Tw- uh, look, I am I have no shame about how much Pokemon I've played, but it is very funny to me that it's like, we can't even tell you what your habits are because your habit is literally one game. Your habit's Pokemon. <laughs> right. <laughs> you played Pokemon. Yeah. I have to imagine most folks have a, a more interesting 12-month spread. <laughs> <laughs> what about your PlayStation one? Were there any surprises on that one? Nothing too surprising. So uh, I play... I guess what did surprise me, I didn't realize, because it's both Switch and... Uh, PlayStation, Nintendo and PlayStation Yeah, uh, told you what games you played first of the year. Yeah. Those surprised me. What, so was your, Har- what were those? Harvestella was my one oh. on Switch. Yeah, <laughs> and then Donut County was my one on PlayStation. Oh. And I was like, nice. damn, what weird ones for me to kick the year off with. Yeah, now I want to look. My first one for Switch was Oceanhorn, which I didn't, oh. I remember I didn't play that much of, so... um and then honestly my my playstation one's kind of borked because like the first game i played in in 2023 was fortnite which is not a surprise um but fortnite's in two of my top five spots because they count playstation 4 and playstation 5 as different software um which is annoying that's weird Yeah. yeah so you know that's on there twice huh interesting What was the rest of your kind of top list for PlayStation? Okay, PlayStation's the one that I really actually need to be better about because it's Fortnite twice and then Spider-Man 2, which makes sense and I yeah. have, you know, I feel great about. But then the other two are just Far Cry 5 and Far Cry 6. So like huh. clearly I haven't been playing that much on PlayStation, which doesn't feel right because I know right. I've played other things. I guess I just haven't played them as much as these games that I can the kind others. of dump, you know, lots of uh lots of time into basically things i can clear maps on or play with friends yeah because we played yeah. uh we played um romance i played romansylvania on playstation 5 um i've been playing power wash simulator <laughs> so like Hell it's yeah. not like i'm not playing anything else yeah um but what 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 was yours like so no surprise Baldur's gate was my number oh, one that's right because you're playing uh, on ps5 yeah, with a significant difference between I played that game for 114 hours. My yeah, next, my I love that. My next highest game was Spider-Man Two with 17 hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's such a funny, such a funny disparity. 
What that a gap. gap is so huge. What a gap. <laughs> um, Romancelvania was one of my top games. Nice. Uh, season, A Letter to the Future, and then Final Fantasy Remake, 7 Remake Intergrade, which oh, was like nice. a kind of bonus DLC that uh, kind of followed a, a different character than yeah. the first one. Nice. Well, yeah. I, I am looking forward to... to uh, next year probably being a little better because once I got my computer, I pretty much stopped playing Fortnite on the PlayStation. Mm. So that can't that can't take up That'll all of my time out. anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least not on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, not on PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, the only other thing I want to mention uh, is a trailer for the sixth season of Game Changer. Uh, oh, oh debuted yes. I think yesterday maybe. Um, and it looks great and I'm really excited. The trailer is amazing. Did you watch it? I did. So much was happening in it. Okay. A couple things right off the bat. I know I should know better, but the Jacob outburst genuinely, I was like, oh my God. And like, I should have known that wasn't real. And the trailer reveals that it's not real. Uh, but it's so funny. <laughs> I just he did was such like, a good job. I know acting as if something terrible had happened, and then the reactions of I think Vic and Lou were, we're also s- like, yeah, good. And Sam sold it so hard too. Like yeah. I just, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was so successful. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciated how they like then panned out and I was like do something for the trailer <laughs> right I know it's so good so Sam that, that I think that must be Sam says so Sam says is back and that's one of my favorite formats um did you happen to catch that Nathan and Caldwell from Drawfee are on an episode what there's one part of the trailer where like the the set is like looks like it's trashed like it's there's like graffiti all over the back wall and yeah I remember there's, like, that they've got like smocks on two of yeah. the three of them are Nathan and Caldwell <gasps> holy yeah. shit I know I totally I'm so did excited. not even I need to like watch it again because so much happened oh and so I just much. like I'm just excited yeah. about this let's go. I know there are people who, um, not that I'm, I necessarily looked long and hard at it or want to necessarily reveal this because not everybody would necessarily want to know, but there are people who've like basically gone like clip by clip and tried to figure out like, okay, what are the games this season? Like it's, it's so wild. There's so much in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, And I think, uh, very important people starts oh. kind of soon, right? I think it starts. Um, well, when this drops, it will have started last week. So Ugh, we amazing. we t- weird podcast time travel will have already seen it. Hell yeah! <laughs> and I bet uh, you it's amazing. Yeah, it's we probably guaranteed. had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> uh so good. Yeah, dropout's good. So good, so clever. And I yeah. saw that they are doing cool things. To make sure people, they're like, I forget exactly what, they're sharing profits. Profit sharing? Is that it with like the people who join their shows? Like I saw some folks who were maybe in a couple episodes or on one season of, you know, Dimension 20 stuff. And they're like, I didn't think I'd be included in this, but I'm also included in this. Yeah. uh, Which is really fucking cool. Dropout from everything we know treats their people very, very well. Yeah. Um, and I feel like people who are sort of like, quote, guests to the universe, like the the drag queens from Dungeons and Drag Queens, mm-hmm. like they like talk so 
highly of their experience. Um, Monet and Bob had Brennan on their podcast. Like they clearly really enjoyed their time. So it just seems really good. Um, Sam Reich, the CEO and host of Game Changer and and Make Some Noise, uh, did an interview, I think, with Variety. Um, And the tweet for the, the, uh, the article was like, predictably sort of clickbaity because uh, it mentioned like plans for you know price increases or something and sam just quote retweeted it and was like our plan is basically don't do it <laughs> <laughs> so i really <laughs> i really so good really like what they're doing i hope i hope they they are able to uh keep doing what they're doing because it seems like what they really care about is taking care of their people and allowing yeah. that to result in really good stuff yeah, and I hope that that sets a standard and a role model for other folks to take yeah. notice of and try to start doing too. I hope so. Yeah, because when people are treated well and happier, we're probably going to get better stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, we ready to talk about a sequel book? Yeah, a let's mystery. get this murder <laughs> mystery. Well, yeah. kind, kind of murder, kind of. kind of blackmail. It's got a little murder, bit of Murder, comma, bit of that. mystery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like I said at the top, we are talking about The Bell in the Fog by Lev A.C. Rosen, uh, which is a sequel to Lavender House, which we read in June. Um, Mm -hmm. It probably is obvious why I picked it. We enjoyed Lavender House enough that we wanted to read the next mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Doug, I didn't even get to ask you why. (laughs) The audience asked, and I said, ha, gotcha. No interesting story here. (laughs) Yeah, pretty pretty simple. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess this is um, an interesting question to ask for a sequel, but I guess how would you describe this book in one sentence? Even though it's a sequel, I think you could still read it without having read the first one and be fine. I think so, too, Um, actually. So I think one sentence would be okay, like, to describe. Um, I think you get more context and know more if you read Mm -hmm. the first one, obviously. But uh, with that in mind, I would say maybe the continued story of a gay detective, a gay private eye in 1950s, in the 1950s. Uh, navigating kind of queer culture and justice yeah, and what that looks like. What about you? I would say that it is about a gay ex-cop turned private eye uh, who is trying to regain the trust of the queer community back after uh, enabling raids on queer spaces. Yeah. I think those are two sentences that get at stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's murder and blackmail and all kinds of shady characters and yeah. cool queer spaces and yeah. uh, a big cast. Uh, yeah. And I think, not to get ahead of myself, a better sort of uh, conclusion on the reveal uh, than maybe yes. the first one had. <laughs> I was nervous at some points during the book, uh, yeah. which we could talk about more when we yeah. get into full discussion and spoilers and all that kind of stuff, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of spoilers, we're talking about a mystery book and we will spoil things probably pretty early. I don't know that there's going to be much spoiler free talk on this. <laughs> one. So if you are interested in this or you like mysteries and want to find out for yourself, definitely read the book. It's not very long. It's uh, it's a quick read. I think it kind of flies um, once you get yeah. get into it. So uh, spoiler warning, 
uh, spoilers ahead. Yeah. And I'd say we've started doing this where we say, here are some of the like potentially heavier things that yeah. come up. And so there is uh, obviously like homophobia. There are police raids, though not as much, I would say, violence as the first one. Um, and then I don't know how to give this without it being maybe a minor spoiler. So minor spoiler for yeah. this like content, but the blackmail is like sexual photos. So like some of that yeah. like kind of I not think that's cool. fair. It's like yeah. premise. It's like sets up yeah. the mystery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely definitely some unsavory business going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well let's and get into it. Did we say murder in the I think we part? said murder. murder. Probably not murder in the enough. like heavy part, but <laughs> we certainly There's said murder. There's murder too. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, well I guess uh let's I we'll just start with the the protagonist. Were you excited to be back in private investigator Andy Mills world? In the world, uh yeah, totally. I also I feel like in this book he is better. <laughs> I yeah. like him better than in the first one. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Because in the first one, I think he was still sort of figuring out how he makes that transition from being an ex-cop to whatever is next. And this book starts off with the what is next, you know? Yeah. The first book ends with him establishing his new new career or his new vocation uh, yeah. as a private investigator for uh, queer folks. And this book, we actually get to see that happening. And he's like actively trying to make right with an entire community that he feels like he's wronged for seven years at least. And so I I, I think naturally he comes across as a much better person. <laughs> yeah. I feel like in the first book, I felt more c conflicted about him still like some empathy and stuff because understanding of context and yeah. situation and people that do things that they probably wouldn't want to do to survive and all that kind of stuff but like mm -hmm. that sort of conflict is in the past in this book and he is actively like i own that i did that and i am doing things to try to make it right uh and i know that i can't make it right but i'm gonna keep trying um yeah in a lot of ways, the book's about accountability, you know? Yes. Um, which is really cool to see. And probably not necessarily a super easy thing to write all the time. Yeah. Um, especially in this case, like, you have to assume that a ton of your readers, or at least a high concentration of your readers, are going to be queer people. And yep. with that comes a history with police. And you've right. made your protagonist an ex-police officer yep. who, like, admits to the things he's done wrong. So, like, not only is this character having to convince the people in-universe that he's a good dude, the author now has to convince us we should continue to care about this guy. Um, and I think he pulls it off. Yeah, I definitely was way more invested in him as a character. <laughs> In yeah. this. And I think, too, like part of that accountability piece, like during this story, he is actively talking to other people, James, for instance, mm -hmm. who were in a similar or are still currently in a similar situation where they are perpetuating and kind of within the system that openly is violent towards LGBTQ plus folks. And so I feel like I remember them having a conversation where Andy was like, but how do you make peace with it? type of thing like how mm -hmm. are you how are you still in it yeah when you know what it does 
Yeah, and I think I think what we're supposed to take away from it is that you can't reconcile that. There's no way right. to really reconcile it without continuing to perpetuate or actively harm people. It, right. It's there are parts of this book that I feel like if sort of internalized homophobia or like queer based mm-hmm. self loathing has ever been a part of your life, I feel like there are definitely oh, yes. parts of this book where you're like, oh my god, like I feel this. I get this, you know, and I think it's all navigated really well and written really well in such a way that would resonate. Yeah. I mentioned earlier I was nervous for a second about uh, the book. So spoiler alert for the first book. uh, Yes. I'm (laughs) going to give away what happens in five, four, three, two, one. The thing where it's like, oh, a crazy woman did this, (laughs) right? Right. So when in the book, they started kind of setting up Donna, who is the sibling of this man who had sex with James and had pictures taken of them and is secretly blackmailing. Uh-huh. When they were starting to set up Donna as doing it, uh, like, oh, Donna's kind of suspicious. And yeah. uh, that kind of stuff I was like, it better fucking not be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I was worried that it was going to be her uh, for a at least a couple pages. Uh, yeah. And then I think, you know, they moved on kind of quickly from it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, no. Well, I think one thing that sort of um, prevented that from happening or prevented him from being in the pickle of like, I have to have like the I have to have a, someone who did it right at the end of every book or in every book. How do I make sure that I'm like doing that in such a way that isn't spreading it out (laughs) right how do i spread that out when i only get one book at a time right right and i think this book did a really great thing where there isn't just like one person doing it it's a bunch of people's actions together that create this bad scenario so there is like now by the time you're done with the second book you have the one crazy hysterical mother who did it right but then you also by the by the second book have you know, these two young twins, one who's a woman, one who's a man, you have this older gentleman, you have like uh, this, this weird, like middle aged, like buff dude, like you have a pretty big spread of people that have all been sort of bad over the course of two books. Now, it's not spread evenly over the two books. But I do think it was a good idea to to maybe involve more people in the crime. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. And like to have it be like, so there's this inciting incident, but because of so the blackmail yeah, right, is yeah. kind of like the thing that sets everything off. So that is the thing that at first Andy is like, okay, I'm going to solve this. And as I'm solving this, ooh, I'm getting other threads, but I'm not getting paid for those. So let me try to stay in my lane and just solve this thing. And then because it's a mystery book, obviously it can't stay like that. So all these yeah. other things as a result of the blackmail start to happen. So like- yeah whoa, Donna gets murdered <laughs> pretty quickly, I'd say. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh-oh, who murdered Donna? And it's now in front of Helen's place. So is Helen killing right. people? And it's like, oh, no, Helen's not killing people. But did Helen kill people in the past? Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, so it's like everybody in this book, besides yeah. Lee, shout out to Lee for being pure. Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, a community leader, mm-hmm. uh, everyone has done something 
that is terrible to the queer community. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, um, especially when you're writing with primarily queer characters. Yeah. It's good to spread it out a little bit because then you don't <laughs> yeah. run into the situation where it's like, it's only queer, you know, women who are the bad right. guys. Although in the first one, wasn't it like the one straight was, character in the book? She was, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, which that part's well, fine. Know, it's just give her a better motive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was impressed with uh, Rosen's ability to weave so many things together. Because yeah. the fact that Andy is presented with this blackmail job that spirals into other things that he knows he shouldn't get involved with, but does. I mean, that's one, it's just part of his job versus not his job, but Mm -hmm. like, it's also wrapped up in his sort of, I'm trying to make right. And I'm trying to no longer be an inactive bystander. So somebody has wronged this queer person. Do I not pay attention to it? Cause I'm not getting paid for it. Or is it just the right thing to do? Um, and then he pretty much always chooses the right thing to do, which is good. Um, but then that's interwoven with like his past and his ex, who's the person who initially brings the photos and blackmail to him. Messy. Yeah. Oh, it's very messy. Him and his friends are messy. So So here's okay. If if for some reason you are listening to this and haven't read the book, one, I really do recommend it. So go read it. But (laughs) just to set things up very, very briefly, Andy's ex from like at least seven years ago from when they were in the Navy comes into his now newly established private eye office and says, I'm being blackmailed. Uh, by this kid, basically. Help so me, Andy, you strong man. Right, help me, help me. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so they find basically like where the pictures were being taken. But then the kid that's referenced is missing. You mentioned Donna ends up being dead. Like it's it's just like this big wild thing that spirals into uh, basically going all the way back web. seven years to his messy yeah. friendships. <laughs> yeah, it's just nuts. Yeah, because like. Every time I felt like I was getting close to like, this is the resolution. Yeah. There was another fucking reveal of something happening. I know. Um, And like, so for the longest time, I was like, oh, Danny's dead. And then Andy's like talking to fucking Danny and buying him a drink. And then five minutes later, Danny's dead. (laughs) 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 Truly, truly. Like, there's so yeah so much happens um yeah. but i was able to I, keep up i feel like with that yeah, much stuff yeah, happening yeah, yeah. you run the risk of like it being like overly convoluted and just sort of like it, it, like impossible to keep up with but yeah. like i said i thought it was like a quick read and a smooth read so i mean he does yeah. a good job keep, like keeping you along for the ride what did you think of james and did you have, did you go on like a journey with James at all, or were, were you? I guess let's discuss yeah. James. <laughs> so I am Team Gene, and so when James oh, yeah. came in, I was like, "Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> They've got history. Mm-hmm. He disappeared without saying anything. Like James doesn't seem good for you, Andy. right? You have moved on. James has not moved on." And so I didn't fully trust James. I don't think I like expected him to be capable of plotting murder <laughs> years ago. Uh, so that was a surprise. Uh huh. Um, I know because it was weird because there were a couple. Was it Helen, the other friend, would occasionally yeah. be like, 
James is dangerous. And like, as a reader, I'm like, I I don't necessarily trust James, but like dangerous feels like a strong word. Yeah. I mean, it might be like a messy ex situation. He might not be right right for you, but dangerous seems like a big, big accusation. Yeah. So when James came in and then when James was like, help me, you sexy detective, he Mm -hmm. would say that. But I was like, I want Gene to happen. So James, you need to move on. Yes. Also very team Gene for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I immediately was like not here for James because I, the whole like James ghosted me. And I've been dealing with that. And now James is back and is like, we can just pick back up. It's like, oh, yeah. Excuse Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck> off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also was not expecting, one, for James to have plotted a murder in the past. And two, was not expecting James to be part of the whole fucking blackmail plot. Yeah. Like, not the, not the initial blackmail plot, but basically, like, he folded himself into it. And basically, yeah. just like, I will also blackmail someone. Yeah. I see how well this worked. What yeah. if I did it to somebody who has more power than me in the fucking military, who is my, yeah. essentially my supervisor? Yeah. What an absolutely cocky thing to do, to go to a private investigator yeah. to solve your blackmail problem, but then fold yourself into the same blackmail scheme and think that he's not going to figure it out. Not going to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you, because it's not like he even impersonated or like copied the plot and did it somewhere else. It's like he literally just like stole from the plot. I'm going to take a couple photos. Yeah. I'm just going to take some of this evidence that I'm giving to you to solve my problem. Yeah. That was genuinely a huge surprise to me. (laughs) Make another problem. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. Yeah. James was a terrible... Not Terrible good. dude by the end. Yeah. Really hope we don't ever see James again. There's no yeah. reason to. I would not like to. Yeah. And I feel like at the end of the book, I feel like there's a chance if there's a third, is there going to be a third? Do we know anything like that? This um, just came out. I can of. look. Yeah. I don't know. As you're searching, like, I feel like at the end, it is pretty clear Andy done with James. Helen, who also was kind of the part of the murder plot, but not as not as involved more of like a bystander yeah. or distraction thing um i think we will see her again if there's another book i think so too because even though even though she wasn't part of well well okay she also like was not great for other reasons but not because of the murder more because she knew about the murder and was just sort of right. like i'm not going to tell you to protect you which is another thing i hate right it's yes. like i'm going to i'm going to withhold truth from you to save your feelings hate that shit yep um but that i think is easier to overcome than being the actual murderer (laughs) right yes although she did i mean she was kind of an accomplice like she had that girl come along like specifically or she had that woman come along specifically to distract so like she might not have like like killed the guy but she definitely set the stage right she helped with the like planning and distracting of things but I don't think he can avoid her because she runs one of the three bars that we spend yeah. a decent amount of time in. Well, there's four bars in the whole book. We spend a decent amount of time in two. One is the one that we already knew from the last book, and one is hers. Yeah. Yeah. I liked uh, spending more time in the bars and getting Me to too. see different parts of uh, 
you know, queer culture in this book. Mm -hmm. One of the things I was interested in, and I didn't have a chance to Google it beforehand, but they didn't use terms like drag kings or drag queens, Mm -hmm. female impersonator, male impersonator. And I meant to check to be like, I'm guessing this is true. I didn't, I haven't yet finished the afterword. Um, And I don't know if it, because in the first one, I feel like he, Rosen talked about the history a bit. So I don't know if that, happens I, in this one i read the afterword there's not a ton but like he definitely cites the books that he read okay. um and had like his like he had a historian advisor so it was weird to me too but i'm guessing if you if we do some like additional digging we'll probably run into the reason why yeah my guess was that it was that was the language of the time um well because we see that if you identified like oh, yeah. if, if you were a drag, Lee is like playing a dangerous game at the time because Lee is a character who's like what we would expect most drag performers, not all, but most drag performers to kind of do in the present day, which is when I am in drag, use those pronouns. When I'm out of drag, use these pronouns I'm telling yeah. you instead, right? It's really, really common. So like a drag queen is often she, her in drag and is often he, him out of drag. And it, that's not the only combination, right. but like in this particular instance, we saw that you, if you were in drag, you had to make it abundantly clear that you were in drag. Or if you were just gender nonconforming or trans, you had to pretend to be in drag so that the police couldn't nail you with any sort of uh, like arrests. Because yeah. being queer wasn't the crime. Doing queer things like dressing outside of your gender or pretending uh, like, to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was a deception type of yeah. law. Um, so it's probably constrained by, yeah. 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 I was thinking that it was probably like trying to be historically accurate for the language at the time type of thing. Which is probably a tough decision to have to make because it's impossible to know like if those folks had the same like freedom of, of language use and were engaged in the conversations that happen afterward like would right. they still use the same conventions would they do what they were already doing like i don't know yeah. it's you know so like having to decide whether to use language of the time or use language that feels more accurate to what most people will read or like what most people will encounter is probably a sticky situation yeah and like luckily those aren't the worst words to use they it inaccurate right for probably a decent amount of performers, right? Yeah. To female impersonator, male impersonator, right? Some of them may not be impersonating anything, right? right? But there are definitely worse words that have been used to describe folks who are gender nonconforming, folks yeah. who do drag, right? Like both in the past and now. So like I feel like grateful that some of those historically accurate words did not show up in this space because I feel like that would be a tough how do you get the like hate and vitriol without it furthering harm you know I think that's part of what makes it so difficult because at the risk of erasure by historically accurate sort of pronoun usage right like you're kind of erasing a bunch of people probably yeah I think the decision was probably not to include some of that more harmful language so that there was some kind of balance there between the yeah. historically accurate and the, you know, appropriateness or like accuracy of terminology. Right. Most up to date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I am interested. What did you make of Helen's drag? Oh, that was uh, Helen's such an interesting character. <laughs> Helen needs because, therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I still don't fully know how I feel about Helen because I know she's like not a good person necessarily, mm-hmm. but she's also com- like comparably kind she's of not the worst. Right. We, there are so <laughs> many worse people in just this two book series. You know what I mean? She hasn't. She hasn't been the perpetrator of a murder directly, which makes her better than like so many more people. Right. She's still been in the room, though. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, but then the drag, basically the way that she copes, and I don't know if it, if if she's really coping at all, but the way that she thinks like she's it. coping with James being a shitty person and forcing her, or or not necessarily forcing her, but probably coercing her into keeping this secret is to impersonate him and be a a sort of foolish character on stage. And that's like her way of getting her frustration out seven years later. Yeah. For James. That's the thing. It's seven years later. Yeah. Like it's one thing to sort of like pour that into your art. Right. But to literally like name yourself after this person, do your makeup to resemble this person and then do that for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Andy walks in and is like, holy shit, is James singing right now? Yeah. I mean, the mug must have been stamped. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A great makeup artist. Incredible Helen. skills. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, that was odd. I, I don't, I mean, I guess what I think about it is like, that's not a healthy way to cope with the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are better ways to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. But it sounds like fascinating art, I will say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Singing those sailor songs. Yeah. yeah. I do love how much drag and performance, like stage performance, we get to see. Um, yeah. Some of some of the performers are like explicitly drag queens. Some of them, the you know, it's it's not as clear because again, historical sort of limitations. But um we do at least know a few of them are, are are drag performers, and I love kind of the way that they all interact with each other. I love the little bits of interactions we got with Lee and Stan. So oh, funny, yes. like because Lee is like, uh, like you said, kind of like the purest person in the room. Gene's pretty pure, actually. Gene, I don't think Gene's ever did. Gene yeah, do anything? I don't think so. No, I don't think um, so. Just patched Andy yeah. up and then kissed him. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> or got kissed. Yeah, both. Yeah. But yeah, Lee is sort of this like shining light. And then Stan is this sort of like, doesn't seem like a bad person, but seems like an irritating gossip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I love that like the one person that Lee seems to be like annoyed by is just this other performer who talks too much. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's so funny. And who has a thing for me. So if I say I want to see the fabric of this sofa, I'll find out where the house is for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Lee's great. Um, yeah, I hope I hope that if I did not see that there was a third book confirmed, okay. um, but I feel like there will be. I hope these are popular enough that there will be. I would be fine with this just being like an ongoing series for as yeah. long as he's willing to write them. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I hope that if there are more, we get to see at least a little bit more of uh, well, a lot of bit more of Lee, but a little bit more of the Lee Stan dynamic. Yeah. Same. <laughs> And I liked too. This isn't as fun as that dynamic, but I liked when Lee went to, was it Shelley's? 
the bar that was segregated um, and wouldn't allow uh, people of color to drink there, but they were able to perform there. I think it was she- it was either Shelley's or the Silver J, but I think it was Shelley's because we didn't spend that much time there. Yeah. So I liked the interaction between Andy and Lee when Andy was like, oh, you can't go in there? And yeah. Lee was like, cut the shit. Like, you know exactly what yeah. is happening here. Like, don't don't play coy. Like, yeah. I really appreciated that, like, interaction. Yeah, because basically what she was saying was like, don't care only when I'm around. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're putting on a performance. Like, even if you do believe this, you've never brought this up before. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah. This isn't, you know, and I, yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And I'm excited that Lee is, uh, I, there's so much I love about Lee, right? Yeah. The like performance of it all, the like community connections to people all over, like in all the different bars, Lee has a connect and can yeah. like get you to talk to whoever you'd, you're looking to talk to. But also Lee fucking loves mysteries. Oh my god! <laughs> so gosh. it's just like, I want to be involved. I know. And so if you want me to make this connection, you've got to talk to me about what's happening. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love I love the image of him like rolling into the office and being like, you got a mystery? I'm your girl Friday. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that so much. And then we see it. It's not even just with Andy, because at the end of the book, Andy gives advice to that college student to be like, hey, if you want an in, just tell tell yeah. Lee that you helped me out with a mystery. <laughs> And Give Lee, Lee will some details. Absolutely cozy up to you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I feel like I I mean, I feel like this book establishes that in further stories, Lee will have to be a main cast member. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah, me too. The other bars, since we're kind of talking about a couple of them, I mean the, the one we spend the most other time in is Helen's Bar, Cheaters, which is a wild fucking name for a bar I that know. everybody knows has queer people in it. I was like how did you why did you name it that terrible terrible name for any it's a very like that's gonna draw attention that you don't want right and like i don't know yeah it's just not a good name for a bar (laughs) (laughs) helen make better decisions i do think i think she inherited the name but change it like just change the name of the bar (laughs) yeah um, but that was an interesting one because that bar was primarily uh, like lesbian women. It was like a lesbian yeah. bar. Um, and so the first time you go in there or the first time Andy goes in there, rather, like he's just sort of like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hello. clear that everybody looks at him like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was like kind of a funny, funny situation. That bar seems cool. I hope we get to see a little bit more of it. Yeah, especially. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, there aren't a ton of women's bars even now. And so, right? Yeah, exactly. There's probably there's potentially less now. Um, I would believe it because I feel like a lot of them have been closing across the U.S. And so it was cool to like kind of see inside that space. Um, and like. I don't know. It was also cool and sad the different ways the different bars would handle like, oh, there's an incoming raid. What is the signal? And how do we make sure that, okay, now we need to switch partners. Everybody super quick and pop on our, you know, I'm a 
I'm a woman or I'm a man badge. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. Type of thing. Like, it, I like am so grateful for the folks who came before us. Who oh yeah, lived through that. Um, what a terrifying time. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like I absolutely take for granted that I can just like walk down the street, go to a gay bar, yeah, and not worry about getting punched in the face by a police officer. Right. Like it's 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 really really I mean I'm glad this book exists and so many other books and stories exist because like I feel like tons of people take that for granted after yeah. a certain, you know, people born after a certain year just cuz like the direct interaction with that history gets more distant and more distant. So Right. Yeah, it's it's so hard to imagine like the flashing light and just like they kept talking about like the bathrooms and like Oh, I yeah. don't know. Did, did the lights flash in the bathroom? Like, what yeah. if you miss the signal? You know, like, yeah. Uh, what if I don't it's know. your first time there? Yeah, and you right? don't know. What does this mean? Right. Do you get a download if, like, uh, if if Elsie doesn't recognize you? Like, right. I hope there's someone there who's like, oh, you seem new. Let me tell you what's up. Right. This is what this means. Yeah. Yeah. So scary. Yeah. Especially too, and I don't think this happened maybe as much within the bar setting at least not in this book but like they talked about people in the military at least who were kind of like plants so their job oh was to God. do gotchas i'm gonna pretend i want to have sex with you and then no, when you not even w- pretend they would i do want to have sex with you they made it clear in this book that they just would have sex with people and then be like yeah whoa look at this deviant look over who's here gay. and i know they're gay because i had sex with them yeah but i'm not but what? they are oh yeah. that made me so mad and i know that was if it was in the book it was a real thing and it makes me so mad it makes me so yeah. mad yeah so fucked up um especially because at least one of the people like i'm pretty sure samuel slash Jonathan oh my God. might have been that person, right? Like might have been a person who sussed out other queer folks to then get them out of the military. But he was in fact yeah. gay. Yeah. It seems like that's ab- absolutely something he would do. Um, it's interesting too, because it creates this like even worse <laughs> yeah. member of the military than what, you know, James or, Andy were which was like probably generally bystanders or like worse than what Andy was as a cop who was just sort of like put my fingers in my ears and pretend it's not happening right like you have these guys who are like actively assisting in uh yeah the persecution of their own people by pretending yeah. they're not part of it yeah Ugh, that made I, me so angry yeah I also jumping completely but other things that maybe caught me by surprise i didn't like fully understand i mean i did because sydney was in on the scheme yeah but like yeah we haven't really talked about sydney yet yeah and sydney murdered two people currently oh yeah and then was like oops yeah this is a i think this is a really interesting piece of this being historical fiction and like researched and informed historical fiction because Sydney is this guy who runs a hotel who finds out crimes are being committed in his hotel and is like, I want in kills those two people. And Andy's not going to do anything about it because the cops, won't they establish anything. many times in this book that cops won't do anything about 
crimes if they involve queer people or they'll make them even worse. So like Sydney's a married man. And so if he turns Sydney in, Sydney's innocent partner will likely also be incriminated and they will probably both be killed like by the state. And also they'll use that as a way to like sensationalize. Look at these two old perverts who are gay and going to kill young people. Right. So there's no way to bring any sense of conventional justice. And I'm not saying conventional justice is necessarily the correct way either. Right. But because there's no conventional justice that can be taken or even derived from, there's like no justice at all. Like the the only justice they can think of is like, we'll let everybody know that he's a murderer and we'll treat Don't him bad. Don't go to the hotel. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. He murdered I mean, two people. Yeah, that's a two, lot of people not one, to murder. Two. Yeah. Once you've murdered and, one person and then murder another one, uh, that's that's enough for me to be like, it was never an oopsie. <laughs> right. And it's like, they're siblings. He like killed a family line, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. What the fuck, dude? And yeah. like, it, I don't know if I'm remembering this exactly correct, but I feel like when he got found out, he was like, oh... I like I'm so sorry. Oh, I like Oh yeah, no, he he got on his knees and like groveled. Yeah. It's like, dude, you killed two people. Yep. That like one of them extremely recently, like within the past 12 hours. Yeah, fresh in your backyard. Yeah. Under the tree. Sydney is somebody who I, I'm I'm actually really bummed about Sydney because when Sydney was introduced, Same. I was like, I really like this character. Yeah. I think this is a really cool character. Um, and and it's funny because once you learn what's going on, it all makes sense. You're like, oh well, there's a reason that the holes were never reported. It's because Filled Sydney up. knew yeah. about them. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's he's really a terrible, a scary person. Yeah. Um, like really, really scary. Potentially has no sort of sense of empathy or morality at all if he can just yeah. kill a kid and throw him in the the garden yeah like it's wild i don't know yeah, it's and it doesn't get really explored because it's like the last sort of well not the last revelation because isn't what's the last revelation james being in on it or sydney i don't know it's one of the last I feel two like it's james i think you're right i think james is the last thing but Sydney's like so late in the book that like yeah. you don't even get to really and maybe I don't know maybe this is for the better but like you don't really ever get to really have how horrible he is sink in. Right, as we're talking I'm like realizing how much of a show he was putting on yeah. throughout this. So like to be this person who's like oh I have this hotel and you know I try to keep a safe place for folks to be able to come and have gay sex and hang out with each other and like have queer folks be able to be together in a way in this space that they can't be outside of this space and I'm going to do my best to like you know protect that surprise he's in on the blackmail and then kills two people and then when you talk to him again later when Andy is talking to him it's this like oh my gosh I'm like so sorry this situation oh my gosh it just i don't know you know and it's like i 
as we're talking about it, I think you do know. Like I oh. feel like you are sinister. Sinister in a way is the that, perfect word. Yeah, other characters are not great, but I didn't. They didn't feel as sinister, maybe as Sydney yeah. does right now. That's such a good word. Sydney, I think, is the most sinister person in the book. Um, maybe outside of like Sam. That's probably the other person mm-hmm. who's pretty sinister. But like Sam's Sydney's, upfront about his stuff. Right. Though. That's that's the big difference, right? Like Sam knows exactly what he's doing and argues on behalf of it, right? Like yeah. there's no like deception there. Right. Um But Sydney, like I think one of the things that makes it so frustrating and honestly a little bit worrisome if Sydney ever is a character again in these stories, and I hope he's yeah. not. Um yeah. the thing that's kind of wild is like multiple things can be true because like Sydney was providing that space for people like before the blackmail was happening and was providing it for other people who were not being victimized by the blackmailing situation. So like, it's true that he created this space and it's true that he was protecting a lot of queer people, but then was like capitalizing off of, and it would have been one thing if it just ended there. Right. He just was like a greedy guy. Um, but yeah, the murdering thing. And he what's fucking murdered people. So devas- <laughs> I know. Then he murdered people. And then what's devastating too is there's a moment where Andy, who is this person who at the at the beginning of the first book was like was like basically talking about how like he didn't feel like life was even worth living. He had so yeah. little to sort of look forward to or have hope for. Sees Sydney and his partner and has been like, "Wow, they've really like yeah. they're in love and these are two sort of older yeah. folks like who've who've made it work and who have sur- like survived literally long yeah. enough to be this old couple and that's beautiful and like it is <laughs> like, yeah it's so frustrating sydney yeah. you God. you could you could have been the community on, leader sydney. you could have been yeah. the community role model <laughs> come on i guess it sets up a good mystery though because i really just never saw that coming yeah no i pretty regularly during this book did not guess what was going to happen next no <laughs> And this is one where I kind of was, I, I normally just like am along for the ride, but there were so many characters in this one that I yeah. was kind of trying to figure out what yeah. was going on. And I think it was done well enough that I really couldn't, I really couldn't figure it out, but it still yeah. felt gratifying when I learned it. Yeah. 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 Good pick. Yeah. I, I really hope there are more, more books. I feel like this was, I, I think it's safe to say I like this one probably a lot better than the first one. Yeah. Um, not even just for the the final outcome being less worrisome, uh, yeah. but I just think overall it's like a better crafted mystery. It's got more interesting characters. It's got more stuff going on, um, and I'm really looking forward to if he writes any other books. Um, Same, because yeah. I hope it just they just continue to get Keep like going. better and better. Yeah, yeah. Give us a twenty. You know how they have those? What is it, James Patterson books? There's like a hundred of them. Oh or my something. god. Like, give us that, but with queer right? uh, books, you know? That, I know. Like, what do I have to do? You know, like, I, I, I found out about the first one. I think I talked about this. The first one from a coworker at the library where I work. And that same coworker tells basically everyone about this book. And I'm like, <laughs> I think I also need to be that person. Yeah. Like, I want, I want everyone to read and buy this book so that we can get more of these Andy Mills mysteries. And sort of cynically, like that publishers realize there's money in that, you know? So then right. we get other other get more. queer yeah. mysteries and other queer series and stuff like that. Hell yeah. Thumbs up, it sounds like. Thumbs up. Definitely. Same here. Well, if you uh, read 
this Andy Mills detective book or our first one and want to let us know your thoughts, you can reach out to us through email at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or through Twitter at novelgamingpod. And thank you for listening to this. And if you enjoy what we do, uh, you can rate, review, subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our good collective the glitter jaw podcast collective oh yeah for other cool queer podcasts we would all be super grateful for it and there's a lot of other cool stuff out there so uh, we'll be back next year whoa yeah wild with a new episode oh yeah <laughs> see you then bye supposed to be quiet on go he was saying go in cat (laughs) thank you